What a joy to be here. Brother Mickey and the church, it's always a blessing to come. The week is about over already, isn't it? And honestly, ladies, don't give me any more notes about what you want covered tomorrow night. I, I, we never will get out of there. And uh, so don't give me any more, okay? I just have to try. I believe I'll throw them all away and just trust the Lord. What about that? Uh, I know one man I won't preach about, and uh, that's the brisket man, Brother Gary. You're safe, Brother Gary. Thinking about that preacher and how he went around that dear elderly man. The other day, uh, we were going to Brother and Sister West for lunch, and uh, Miss Joanne and Judy were behind us in a vehicle, and preacher and I were up front. Well, all at once he said, They turned off back there. You think they know something we don't know? I said, Nah, nah, they. They probably had to go by the Walmart and say Hail Mary or something. So we turned in the street. He said, I know it's this street. I believe it's this house. Let's try this house. So we went up and knocked on the door, and a Spanish lady answered. And the preacher, he didn't miss a lick. He said, we must be in the wrong house. I don't smell lasagna. Are you having lasagna today? And the Spanish lady said, no, sir, not today. He said, I knew we had the wrong house. So we went and tried the next house, and that was the right house. And praise the Lord, it was Joanne and Judy that made the wrong turn and were wandering off in the wilderness on the cell phone trying to get somebody. That the preacher and I were right for once. We were right. They'd have just done what they should have done and followed us, amen. But no, they had to go their own way and uh, got lost. And we started to eat without them, but then we kind of didn't do it, you know. We, we just waited for them to get there like that. So anyhow, it's good to be with y'all. Good to be with Brother Preacher and Sister Joanne. I was thinking today when I said about how much I enjoyed preaching in the morning to your Christian school. I may have not have said enough about the teachers, and I sure want to do that. I appreciate the teachers and Randy, you and your wife, and all that you do to make sure there is a Christian school. I know the kids are not perfect angels yet, and I know that, but anyhow, I want to say thank you to the teachers. We're glad for the friends here tonight. Pastors, good to see you, Brother uh, Smith. Good to have you. I was talking to Brother Bowen today. He was supposed to be here all week, and when he didn't show up, I called him to see if I had the wrong week, and uh, I wasn't supposed to be here till next week or something, you know. But uh, they've been awful busy with Brother Duckett uh, just going home to be with the Lord. But he did tell me one piece of good news. The church had been in a lawsuit over a man who was high on drugs, ran into the back of their bus doing 135 mile an hour on a motorcycle. And uh, I don't have to tell you he didn't live, okay? You just don't hit a bus in the back. I think the bus was stopped. I may be wrong about that. But anyway, the people sued 
of the church uh, because of that, their son hitting the bus. But uh, yesterday, the judge ruled that the church was not negligible in any area. They were not to blame. And uh, he awarded them no money. And somehow the insurance company at the same time sued them for them to have to pay the deductible. I don't, I didn't understand it all. And the judge looked at the insurance company and said, and I'm not giving you the deductible either. The church is not guilty. And they came away scot-free. So we did rejoice. And I know that's a help to Brother Gray. Amen. God is on the throne. Remember how he had mercy on the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians when Epidotus got sick. And Paul said, I don't think I could have stood that. God showed me mercy. And I'm, I'm sure glad he did that for Brother Gray. But if you have your Bible tonight, come to the book of Hebrews chapter 6 with me, please. And uh, the Lord's been gracious to me all week about what to preach. But then today, I just couldn't know. And then we were riding, Judy and I went uh, with Brother Mickey and Sister Joanne, and they took us down to Granville today, and we just walked and tried to relax a little bit and looked in the antique shops. And uh, Judy had to have two knives. I tried to tell her, don't be buying no knives. But, well, she found two antique ones she had to have. So naturally, I just paid the bill. And um, like that, you know. And Brother Mickey and I looked at some guns that I thought that fellow would sell one to a Tennessee guy, but I couldn't move him. Couldn't move him. Uh, I'm sure I, that's why I bought Judy them two knives. I, hers was $14, and mine was going to be a little bit more than that. But anyway, we sure had a good time just walking and relaxing and talking. It sure is good to be a child of God and to have such friends and to be friends with pastors. I mean it, it surely is. Well, in Hebrews chapter 6 tonight, in verse 9, here's what's on my heart tonight. And I started to use just the verse. And when I started, I, I just could not do it. I had to take the entire chapter. But here's what started my heart moving today in Hebrews 6 and 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. We have an awful lot of new Christians in here. I, I like this church. There's always folks coming to the mission that either just are getting saved or they're coming back uh, to God. And then, too, there's always, uh, this is a soul-winning church, and there's always a lot of new folk uh, here. And, and I thought about them today. Personally, I believe it's important that, that your children, people in general, know that you're expecting a lot of them. I believe that. 
I know when I was in the Navy, our commanders, those that were over us, never failed to tell us how they were expecting us to do our very best. Vietnam was on, and we were over in the Orient on an aircraft carrier, and our replacement didn't come, so it meant a 30-day stay longer than we had planned. We'd already been out there a pretty good little while, but now we were 30 days longer. And uh, I know that doesn't seem much to us guys that worked on the carrier, but to the pilots that flew off three and four times a day, it meant a great deal because every time they turned in toward Vietnam, uh, they were subject to not coming back. So it did mean a lot to them. And I remember our commanding officer came on the 1A, 1MC, and uh, boy, he gave us a good talk about how good we have done thus far, how good we've been about safety and careful, how proud he was with us. And you know, he never did say, uh, uh, would you all call home and ask your wife if you can stay another 30 days? See if your wife will let you. He never did say that. He, he just said, you've been, you've been real uh, men out here. We're going to do 30 more days, and I know you are going to do just like you have done, and you're going to continue to work as hard as you have worked and it was pretty hard. I ain't crying the blues, but when you do uh, flight operations around the clock, 24 hours a day, you, you sleep just up on the wing of an airplane and try to get 15, 30 minutes, and uh, that's just the way it is. But you know, he primed us up so much. I wanted to bellyache. I wanted to say fooey. I ain't working 30 more days. I, I ain't doing that. I'm going home to see wifey. Now, she told me to be home by midnight. Now. But I didn't. You know, he pumped me up. And I, today I got to thinking about y'all. You know, lots of times when I preach to you, I look over there in that corner, don't I? Because, uh, well, I just do. And... Uh, I just do prisoners and people from missions and things like that. Uh, they have a piece of my heart, okay? Uh, they do. And uh, I thought about you all today, and I thought, I wonder if you people really understand that God is expecting you to do your very best. It's not open for discussion. So many people today are just playing at this thing of being a Christian. They live in the past. They use their past life as an excuse for the sorriness of this present life. They really do. And I want to say to you tonight, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. Amen. God is expecting better things of us, good things, our very best. 
if I ought to do it for the Navy, then I surely ought to do it for Jesus. The Navy never did die for me. Never did die for me. And the pay wasn't very good either. And the food left a lot to be, uh, to be desired. I want to tell you that. Nine months of eating pancakes every morning. It was years I wouldn't let Judy make a pancake in the house. I don't care if it had strawberries on it, rhubarb on it. I don't care what you put on it. No pancakes. Pancakes every morning for nine months. Pancakes. And I worked nights, and the galley was only closed. I think it was an hour a day. They served food 23 hours a day. So we could go down there anytime. Well, after the evening meal, you know what it was? Pancakes. Pancakes. Pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. And I told Judy, no pancakes. We ain't eating them. Don't you bring them in the house. And it's only now that I occasionally... The baby ruined me. I just wanted to say to the mission people tonight, I love you guys and Rosemary, I do. I come by and shake your hand. I don't ever go down this side. I think, oh, they can handle it themselves. I'm going over here, amen. And yeah, where Jose is, he's in that group, ain't he? Jose's in that group. And his boy is in that group too tonight. <laughs> I believe I'd move, son. Honestly, I do. I thought tonight I'd use Hebrews chapter 6 to just try to show you God's expecting so much of you. Can I say to you, and you know this, He gave His only begotten Son. If that lady got angry at our president, and camped out down here in Texas at his ranch, wherever it is, if she could do that because her son died in Iraq, well, you think how Jesus feels about our backslidings and our sorriness and our excuses. Say amen right there. The commanding officer, he don't want to hear no excuses. He didn't want to hear any excuses at all. He didn't want them pilots to say, man, it's dark tonight. I don't believe I'll go flying tonight. No, especially my squadron, they had to go because over in the beach somewhere, our troops were fighting and they needed air cover. They needed napalm. Our people had to go. I don't care how pitch dark it was. And some nights it was unbelievably dark. I felt sorry for him having to go personally. And I always would say, one of them would say, you want to go along? And there's only a one-seated jet. I'd say, no, sir, I don't have a driver's license. <laughs> Boy, I was thankful I didn't either. <laughs> like that. You know, we ought to give God the same respect you give your boss, man. And you do do that. 
your boss man comes up and said, boy, you're the lifeline of this company. Uh, Brother Chad was telling me how they put him on nights so he can talk to, to companies from overseas that call different hours through the night. And I thought, man, I bet that boy makes a thousand or more dollars a week, do you, Chad? Well, I'd go in there and tell him the next Japanese guy that calls, I'm just going to say no speaky English or no speaky Japanese and hang it up. I mean, when you start designing things for the next Lincoln that's coming out, that's worth some money. I'm not looking at you, Chad. It's worth some money, son. And I... I believe, no, don't follow me. Follow your pastor, okay? I get you in trouble, Chad. And don't forget to ask Kelly, can you say anything to him, okay? Get Kelly to tell you. So tonight, would you come with me? I'll tell you the one thing I'd like the Lord to do tonight. Mickey kept praying about being filled with the Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. And for one purpose tonight, I'd like for him to encourage every one of you to move up as a child of God. Come on, move up. Come on, get on, get, get with it. We can do more. There's a lot of lost people, and we need to be aware of that. And I'm begging you tonight. I tell you, verse 9, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. Better things of you. Well, you think about that. That's saying it to me too. It isn't just I'm preaching it to y'all. It's saying it to me too. And that's what God put on my heart. We rode today with Mickey, Miss Joanne, and uh, I rode because God was working in my soul about that. We are persuaded better things of you. Do you know sometimes people that try to get you to do better, knowing you can do better, sometimes we think they have a grudge against us. But look at the opening two words in verse 9. But, beloved, amen, but, Beloved, Judy used to babysit for the chemistry teacher in our high school. And uh, he and his wife were real good to Miss Judy. And she took care of their two children. And one day I went by there to pick her up and walk her home from her babysitting job. And uh, his name was Mr. Uh, Wirtz. I, I can still remember him. He's a fine fella. While Judy was talking to his wife and getting ready to go, he said, Ronald, can I say something to you? And I said, sure, Mr. Words. He said, Ronald, you're not living up to your potential. I, I, I just looked at him. He said, are you? I guess I could have lied to him, except I was so eat up 
that he was right. I was not living up to my potential. I never forget that. He's dead now, but I never forget that. Did he hate me? Was he angry at me? Was he threatening to tell my mother? No. I believe the man loved me and Miss Judy because Judy loved his kids. And I believe they knew that. They trusted Judy and they trusted me. And that's what Paul's saying in Hebrews 6 and 9. He's not angry with you. He's saying to you, Beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. It's time. Look in your Bible just a moment. First Peter 4. Don't lose Hebrews 6. Remember how I've been saying to you every night, put your Bible ribbon there. Uh, that's because I try to stay in the Bible for every point. I hope I do. I want to. Notice with me in 1 Peter 4, and I'll get to the message in just a minute. Notice it said in verse 2 that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, that is, without shame or drunkenness or nudity and everything else we were involved in, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. The time passed. But Peter said to them in verse 2, that he should, no longer should live the rest of his time. Now that's what God's concerned about. The time past is under the blood. It's gone. Ezekiel said never to be mentioned to you again. God's not going to bring it up. If you confessed it and turned from it and he forgave you, it is gone. You're the one that's bringing it up. You're the one that said, well, I started drinking when I was a baby. My mother used to put it on my gums to quiet me, and so forth like that. You're the one that brings up that kind of stuff. But God is through with it. The time past is gone. Now he's saying to you, you ought not to live the rest of your time. And by the way, you don't know how much that is either. Brother Duckett was just 53 years old, never had any heart trouble, never smoked, never drank a drop of liquor, never done anything like that. Stood up in his, from his, his chair to go up to chapel to lead singing and fell over dead. The rest of your time, that's what you need to be concerned about. 
that's what God's saying to you. I am persuaded better things of you with the rest of your time. I'm going to tell you, when you get mad at your preacher and bow up and get mad at the church and lay out, you're wasting the rest of your time. You're wasting it. I don't care what you start. You can start playing softball, puke. There ain't no awards for softball. You can get in the bowling team. Why don't you forget the ball and just slide down and use your own head? You don't need no bowling ball. That's a sissy way of doing it. Why don't you be a man if you're going to do anything and do it right? The rest of your time. Do you understand? That's what you're living right now. The rest of your time. The rest of your time. Some of you young men are called to preach. You're operating on the rest of your time right now. Some of you, you're going to run a hundred on the bus route. You're operating on the rest of your time right now. I didn't think I'd ever see gray hair in Jose's head. But the last couple of years, it jumped on you, didn't it, Brother Jose? Yeah. You used to be pretty catty, but now you're just gray. The rest of the time. The rest of the time. Did you hear what God said? But the love, I am persuaded, or we are persuaded, better things of you. Say, who is we? I tell you who we is. God the Father that gave His only begotten Son. God the Son that done the suffering and the dying. And the blessed Holy Ghost of God, whom we have grieved and quenched, they are persuaded that you and I are, are capable of better things. You ready? I want to look at the whole chapter tonight. So don't say, well, it's Friday night, probably let us out early. Nope, I don't care nothing about getting out early. If you'd have showed up when God gave it to me around 2 o'clock, we could have been getting out about now. But you didn't come till 7 o'clock. What do you want me to do? Huh? Now I want to go through chapter 6 and pick out easy little things for you to hang on to. For example, in chapter 6, first of all, in verse 1, here's the phrase. Let us go on. Let us go on. That's the first phrase I'd like for you to mark in your Bible and hang on to. Let us go on. Did you ever squabble with your wife and she put you on the silent treatment and, and lumpy gravy and mashed potatoes that you can't even get the spoon out of to put them on your plate? And finally, now you're in your fourth day of having stomach trouble from her cooking. And you finally say to her, let us go on. Okay, let us go on. Okay, let us go on. You've got that stuff? 
let us go on. All right, come and let's see. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That doesn't mean sinless. It has to do with maturity. Growing up. Nod your head up and down. Growing up. Understand that? Some of you girls think you're ready for marriage. The only trouble is you're not mature yet. And I can have a baby. That ain't all there is to it. You ain't mature enough to keep on taking care of it once you had it. And neither is that sissified little dude that you're fixing to have it with. Oh, glare at me. I've been married 46 years. I ain't scared of none of you. Let us go on. It's time to grow up spiritually. Then hang on. Stop long enough. Oh, brother, yes, let me tell you what my last living did to me. Well, right there is what was wrong. What were you doing with a living? Should have kicked him out, live out. Should have been a live out before he beat on you. Say amen right there. That was an immature act. Right? Now God said, remember, keep right there expecting better things of you. God said it. He said, first of all, let us go on. It's time to quit messing your diapers spiritually. I ain't going to get done today, you know how, so I'm just going to have fun. Yeah, you're in church, you're happy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, God saved you. And that's what them verses say, God saved you, you got that nailed down, you're going to heaven when you die. And you stop growing. But somebody rubs you wrong at the nursery or out on the parking lot. If only you could be everywhere at the same time, you could prevent a lot of things. I remember a woman that left me when I was pastoring because the ladies didn't put her macaroni out on the serving table. They forgot it. And she said, if they don't want my macaroni, they don't want me. And I said, hey, sister, I love macaroni. Just bring it over to my house. I eat every bit of it. I said, I love it, man. Just bring it over. No, and I'm not coming back either. Now, she's right down here. Yeah. Over a bowl of macaroni. I saw, I saw two women on an Easter Sunday morning. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Easter Sunday morning. And me and a couple of men were standing right here at the head of the church talking. And a lady come in the door over here and come over here. So, of course, we spoke to her. She, she's wearing a hat. And a, you could tell, new dress, new shoes. And she stopped and chatted with us. It's Easter Sunday morning. She was going to the Easter Bunny Parade or something. I don't know. But she looked nice, you know. And all at once she said, well, and back there come a woman through the door 
dressed just like this woman. Same hat, same dress, I guess the same shoes. This one said, well, turned around and went out the door. Easter Sunday morning, Christ died for me and rose again. Oh, let's all sing, He lives! She wasn't singing, He lives. She is mad. You know, both them women waited till midnight and went to Kmart to the Blue Light Special, and they had 300 of them dresses hanging on a rack. And she thought she's the only one that got one. Now, you know, I don't know what happened to that woman. I don't know. But I'm telling you, God's sick of that kind of trash. And God said, I'm persuaded better things of you. Let us go. You got saved. Now let us go. You got that? Come back again to Hebrews chapter 6. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. That's salvation. And salvation, I've said it to you this week, is more than a decision. It ain't just saying we're going to McDonald's instead of Burger King after church tonight. Forget it. They'll be closed by the time we get out. You're just going to have a stomach growl to tomorrow morning. Look, salvation according to John chapter 5 is passing from death unto life. You mean to tell me you can't tell whether or not you got saved? There's something wrong with that. His Spirit witnesseth with our spirit that we are the sons of God. There's something wrong with that. And it may be you're just grieving Him. And God said, I am tired of seeing you down there trying to get saved all over again. Church members that come and say, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, I don't know what to do with you. Maybe if we shot you dead, and then if I was able, like Oral Roberts or Benny Chicken, to raise you up. God bless your heart. If the living God can raise you from the dead, what do you want me to do? I can help a church member that comes down and said, Preacher, I'm lost. I'm going to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Please help me. I've been like this too long. No problem. No problem. They can get in. It's that kind that are in, in limbo or wherever them Catholics think they're going. I forget where that place is. But anyway, purgatory. They're hanging around in the middle. So stop that stuff. Did God come to live in your heart? Does God tell you, why don't you quiet your mouth and be submissive to your husband? Well, you can bet that ain't your mother. It was her that stirred you up in the first place. Your mother told you, he don't want you to submit, but I never did submit to your daddy. 
knowing God took him to heaven, thank God. And he's up there a-whooping and a-hollering. He's got more life than he's ever had. And stop your low damn smoking, too. Oh, tell me you're saved and the, and the Holy Ghost lives in you and you're still a-sucking them weeds. Well, I just can't quit. God said, let us go on, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he? God didn't say, hey, I saved you to hang around this outfit. Come on. A lot of us smoked before we got saved. You're looking at me, I'm looking at you. Say, why are you always looking over here? I don't know, Judy's over there. And if I look over there, I might get a dirty look. Sometimes she can make them so bad it throws me off. So I try not to look at her. Not often, but time or two. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. And some of you don't even want to quit. Some of you got that low down habit in your budget. And you're going to smoke no matter what. Some of you buy the lottery tickets just like you did when you was an old lost sinner. And you say it's just a dollar. It's a low down sin. I don't care who you are. You don't need to buy no lottery ticket, you outfit. God said, I'm persuaded better things of you. If you need $10,000, why don't you tell me about it? Now, you don't, you don't even pray, so that's why you don't tell God about it. Besides that, God ain't going to give it to you because a thousand of it, you wouldn't tithe, and a thousand of it go in your stinking cigarettes. It's right here in the Bible. I may not get very far, but it don't matter. I'll start on again tomorrow night. Plow out the men. Get them mad. They can come home. They know the truth about you. Look at the second thing. Verse 2 of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands. That is, those are the things that follow salvation. You should have already done that. Should have already done it. We've had several baptisms already this week. It's right. So I was baptized when I was a baby. So was I. And so was Judy. But I thought I'm not a hill of beans. You get born again, you're to get baptized. And you ought to do it tonight. No matter how late it is. And don't go around saying, well, I don't want to get wet. Well, wet won't hurt you. Let us go on. Those were baby steps. They were the very beginning. God said, come on. We need to go on. I'm persuaded better things. Do you know there are Baptist people sitting in the church being baptized? Two, three, four, five. And preachers are glad to do it because they get to count them. I'm going to baptize the same woman five times in one year and you put her name down five times. 
just so you can get up at the preacher's meeting and say something spectacular. Gag a maggot off a gut way. Stop that stuff, lady! Get over it! Get over it! Get over it! You can't tell me you don't know what you passed from death unto life! You never did come alive. It's because you're not saved. Get saved. Get baptized and let us go on. Look at verse 3 just a minute. I saw where when I was preaching on smoke and I saw some flinches back there. You can always tell if you throw a dog, a stone at a pack of dogs, you can tell which one you hit. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And I ain't just talking to men, neither. A lot of women got to use that whitener on their teeth. And then they scrub their fingers, too, with their toothbrush. Who do you think they invented that whitener form? Women who smoke. And look in verse 3. Say, he won't never get done. I ain't even trying. I'm just trying to have a good time. If i got to do it, then I'm going to enjoy it. And if making you mad, that just makes me enjoy it. I like to go to bed at night, and the last thing I say to Judy is, you see that woman? <laughs> God cranked her plow up. Look at verse 3. And when he said, let us go on, let us be done with all of this, verse 3 said, and this will we do. Now you look right there. If God permit. You better mark that down, hotshot. Listen. Nobody got saved in the flesh. You didn't curb the flesh to the point God finally saved you. You began in the Spirit. And you know how you go on? In the Spirit. People came by the church in Galatia and taught them people, okay, now you're saved. Now then, you need to do so and so. Well, how do I do that? In the energies of the flesh. And Paul said, are you so ignorant? Are, 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 what's the matter with you? So here it said, if God permit, now here's what I'm saying to you. When you first get saved, God wants you to go on. And the blessed Holy Ghost to his God, he wants you to go on. And oh, you ain't got no idea how much grace he can give you so you can go on. Amen? Amen! Is it easy to go on in prison? You ever been there? Is it easy for those saved men to grow? Man, no, but they do. 
you know how they do? God has an abundance of mercy and grace. And listen to me. Do you know that dwelling in you tonight is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead? Now that's power. Power. Wonder-working power. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Can I go on? Yeah, you can. If, 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 you start moving when the Holy Spirit is moving you. You fool around on God and grieve Him. And then one day, out of your own strength, out of your own energies and the power of the flesh, you say, I believe, I believe I'll read my Bible all the way through this year. And come July, you're all the way up to Genesis chapter 8. Son, you are a flat moving out, ain't you? You know, if you'd have done that way back when you first got saved, God had given you so much grace. God had poured it on you. You could have read your Bible through, but you fooled around. The Holy Ghost said, turn off that stupid television. Get rid of that gut-wrenching picture. Get rid of that, uh, uh, what's that woman's name? Uh, 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 Orpy Wimpy. Uh, Orpy Wimpy. Turn off that stinger, stringer, spinger, whatever his name is. Lady, how you let your husband watch that, I don't know. If he didn't turn it off automatically, I'd pick up an iron frying pan. He wouldn't see the rest of the program nohow. He'd be in la-la land. Ain't the birds sweet this spring? Say amen right there. It ain't fit for human consumption. How you want to go in the world while you watch that film? And your Playboy channel. And your raunchy HBO channel. Some of you men, you're just a computer expert. Got to stay on there till 2 o'clock in the morning. Click here and a click there and a click everywhere. Here, click, there, click. And hey, lady, did you check your Visa card lately? Can you imagine how them charges are mounting up? Huh, huh, huh? Now let me look you right in your God-given eyeball. You say, well, that's the kind of stuff I was in before I got saved. Yeah, and let me tell you too. And God said, I'm persuaded better things of you. And the first thing he said in Hebrews chapter 6, let us go on. And he said, if God permit you won't have any trouble going on. God will give you grace. If you cooperate with God, 
as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Are you listening to that? God will. But you fool around and you don't do that. And you don't follow Him. And then one day, you'll think, I believe I better straighten up. Well, you better get right with God first. Because if God don't help, it's going to be a failure with a big capital F, failure. Amen? Now we will forget. And somebody asked Judy, is it true? I came home and told her, we have quit smoking. And she said, who's this we? And I said, you and me. And she said, well, you quit. Don't mean I got to quit. I said, want to bet? If I quit, you quit. And you quit now. Got that? Of course, I know you've never spoken to your wife like that. Her mother wouldn't allow it. Somebody have to wear the pants in the house. My husband don't talk to me like that. Hmm. While you're laying in the coffin, we'll put a cigarette in your mouth. Hey, like them apples. You better move when God's moving you. Are you listening to me? You better move when God's moving you. My pastor said to me, Brother Garris, God's dealing with you about quitting smoking, ain't he? I said, yes, sir, I want to be a soul winner. She had taken me soul winning, but he wouldn't let me talk. He said, no, nah, no, nah, you ain't got no testimony. You're still sucking them cigarettes. You ain't got no testimony. So he wouldn't let me talk. He'd win people, but I never could even give a testimony. I want to quit because I want to be a soul winner. And he said, Brother Ron, you better move while God's moving you. Quit now before you grieve him. And Brother Ron, don't ever go back. Because if you ever start again, it'll be ten times harder to stop. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to you out of my heart tonight. I'm telling you, if you get saved, God knows you're a babe in Christ. But babies don't stay babies. Mothers want them to learn, don't you, Mama? You want them to learn. Even one will teach him not to mess his diaper. Ain't that right? You're living for that day, aren't you? No more diapers! Do you know God gets fed up with Baptists who have a messy diaper about every two weeks? Oh, God. I had another accident. Yes, sir. You know, I fall off the wagon every two weeks. Every three months. 
What excuse do we have to fall off the wagon? Hank picking on my friends back there. I look you right, you're God-given eyeball. Some of you mean got a dirty mind from watching the legs of them secretaries in the office. Some of you got a dirty mind because you flirt with the women on the floor. And God's fed up with it. And he said right in the Bible, let us go on. And if I permit, you're able to do it. And boy, I'm telling you, if God don't permit it, if God don't give you the grace, you'll struggle with it and struggle with it and struggle with it and struggle with it and struggle with it until you get so sick of that. That's what God wants. God ain't you my little servant boy. God don't pour his grace out for you to count it as just nothing. God don't put grace in your life just for you to keep on being what you've always been. You know, when God gives grace, He means for you to use it to be, to deliver yourself from sin by His power. You better move when God moves you. Yes, sir. Well, come on. We got down to verse 4, didn't we? Verse 4, there's a phrase for point 2 that I'd like for you. I guess it'd be good if I looked at my notes right now. I've just been having fun. But, but I'll try to settle down. That goes for your stinking Masonic Lodge business, too, you outfit. and your mooses and gooses and polka-dotted ducks and all the rest of that junk. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I think you can go to heaven being a Masonic Lodge, brother. But I'll tell you what you can't be. You can't be filled with the Spirit. Holy Ghost ain't filling no vessel filled with that kind of trash. Swearing that you won't commit adultery uh, with uh, with any uh, woman that's a lodge member's wife, but everybody else is free game. I ain't that the cracklings, huh? That's the way it is. Let's come on just a little bit. For it is impossible. That's a second phrase I'd like for you to remember. Let us go on. Now in verse 4, for it is impossible. For those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. There are five of those, if you number them in your Bible, five of them. Five is the number of grace. And all of these that are in here are those things that a saved person has experienced. For those who were once enlightened, 
first of all, about yourself. You were a sinner, and then about God. Have tasted of the heavenly gift. The gift of God is eternal life. And we're made partakers of the Holy Ghost to come to dwell in you. And have tasted the good word of God. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. When you get saved, the word gets good. Amen. If the word isn't good to you, you need to be born again. If you can still read the watchtower. Oh, this watchtower does so much for me. Gag a maggot off a got wag. Some little old Sunday school book that doesn't have the word sin in the whole quarter. You're not saved, honey. I used to fold mares when I worked for a veterinarian. I worked on a horse farm, folded mares. Do you know, as soon as they got born, they always get born on the worst night in January. They, the coldest, snowiest night. You couldn't even drive to the barn. You'd have to walk because it'd be so snow. Zero degrees. And Mama decides tonight's the night. I can't explain that, but that's the truth. That little old thing had come, and we'd jump on it right away and wipe it down, get it dried so it wouldn't die. And, and she'd lick, and we'd wipe, and she'd lick, and we'd wipe. And if you just got your finger around his mouth, you know what he is doing? He'd get up finally, pretty quick we'd get him up, and he'd start sucking. Any place he touched her, he tried to see could he get some milk out of that, out of her front leg. And we'd have to say, we could always tell who their daddy was by what they lacked in brains. That's the truth. And sometimes we'd have to take his head and say, look under here. Here it is. See it there? And sometimes you'd have to squirt him in the eyeball and up his nose to get him thinking right. You know what I mean? And then after that, he got it down. Listen, he got it down. You watch his little belly start swelling out. <laughs> he was a Baptist, sure as <laughs> You know, that's the way the Word of God is. Say amen right there. That's the way it is. Amen, amen, amen. And if it's not, come get born again. Five things. Now, I've said it is impossible. So people come to verse 6 and jump right on that. If they shall fall away. Oh, there you go, there you go. She went back to drinking. He went back to gambling. He, he's living shacked up with something. It ain't talking about that. If he shall fall away, is talking about going back to old, cold, dead religion. What were these people trying to do? They were trying to go back to Judaism, trying to go back to offering a, a sacrifice. Is that going to satisfy you when you have the Lamb of God living in your heart? 
And you can't go back to old, cold, dead religion. You try going back to the Catholic Church. Lighting candles. There just ain't no kick in lighting candles unless you like the curtains too. <laughs> Getting down and murmuring that little window. There, there just ain't no punch to that. You got that? It ain't like talking to Jesus and He forgives you and gives you peace in your heart. It just ain't nothing to that guy spritzing smoke on people. It, except a sneeze or something. You probably bet Judy'd have to take an allergy pill right then and there. She'd have to have one. You can't go back there. Show me what it means. Well, I can't help you wrong. Look in your Bible in the book of John chapter 6 and I'll show you the very thing that that says. And, and if you just read your Bible instead of just like uh, Church of Christ does, harbor on something, uh, maybe you'd get along a little bit better. You never met a Church of Christ preacher who knew anything except Jack to be baptized. <laughs> baptized. And the guy that rented it, that started was an old renegade Baptist. Oh, you make me mad. That's why I do it. Can't stand to go to church and the preacher treat me like I'm part angel. I ain't. We was looking at that gun today and it said you could shoot snakes with this. But me and you wasn't talking about shooting no snake, were we? I ain't going where they are. I shouldn't even get into that. But anyhow, look in John chapter 6. Here it is. Verse 59. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Boy, that just sounds like our crowd today. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Now watch this. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Now watch this. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter said just what is said back here. How, where are we going to go? Once Christ lives in your heart, how can you get hepped up about uh, 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 that Joyce woman, that old heifer, how, how, how can you get head up about her? Joyce Meyer. 
Huh? Did you ever see her husband sometimes? He'll put the camera on him. He is a 90-pound sissified weekly. I bet he never takes his shirt off in her presence because he has a yellow streak down his back at wife. Did you ever see her strutting around? Listen, you know why people, look at me, you know why people can tolerate that? They don't have the real thing. You've got Christ in your heart. How could you put up with Joyce Meyer? Come on, how, how, how? He said, Peter said, how can we go back? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure. How could we go back? Hebrews said it's impossible to go back. You might go back to the Catholic Church, but when you go back, you'll be just like me. You'll see how stinking dirty their robes are. They ought to cry unclean. You'll sit there and look up there and wonder if he's making out with one of them older boys. Say amen right there. Now how can you go back? How can you go back out on the street peddling of the watchtower when you have the gospel that'll keep people out of hell? Are you going to come in and say, I sold two, 20 cents. You ought to stand behind the truck when I leave tonight. Backing over you'd be pure pleasure. How can you get excited about a goatskin apron? How can you get excited saying, you ought to see my underwear. Why would you want to go out there to Utah and get married and get you special underwear to wear? Now how can you do that? Come on, I'm looking at you, you out there. That's what it's talking about. You can't go back because you know the truth. How are you going to get all hefted up about going to church on Saturday? We go to church on Saturday. We're Sabbath day keepers. And we eat herbs too. But I'm going with the mission men and we're going to the Golden Corral. We're going to eat greasy bacon and biscuits. Say amen right there. We ain't eating barley green. We're saved. He's saying, how can you go back? Once you know the truth. And then you know why God's saying, let us go on? Because we've got the truth down inside of us. And if you try to go back to old cold dead religion, listen, some guy get up there and talk about feminism. And how can you that are born again go back to that stuff and here it is, the Sunday we bless the animals. And a dog comes in the foyer and lifts his leg. Bless him, nothing. Plow! 
put him over the goalpost. Are you going to go down there and bless the shrimp feast fleet? Don't tell me that ain't religion. That's religion. And the Jews were like that. And he said, how are you going back? You know why you're even thinking about going back? Because you don't want to go on. And to, and to act like it, you'll get mad at Mickey, so you'll have some excuse. But I loaded your wagon tonight. You leave out of here, you look like a Volkswagen's been on the lift. I'm trying to close men on days. We're a long way from it, ain't we? If you guys wouldn't slow me down. Hurry up, come to verse 7 and 8. It's you guys that's fault. It, it ain't mine. You'd always said you'd keep them a long time tonight. I said, did you look at them? You'd get up here and look at them. So I'm going to make her sit up here. And then she'll say, why'd you quit so soon? He's always getting on me. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8. Or you'll get mad at me. So I just might as well get you ready. Verse 7 and 8 are going to decide whether or not you're good fruit or just an old briar. A briar. Here it is. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. That's good fruit. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. Who, who is that? It's people that can go back and stay back there. If you can go back to that old Catholic church and all that ritual, you're just a briar. You're a stick that never brought forth fruit. And God's going to gather them and burn them, according to John 15. And here's the same briar. Rosemary, you just got saved and got baptized. If you can go back to old dead religion, I don't know what you were. But if you can go back to that, sister, I don't believe you can. I don't believe you can. You got a smile now. You never had that. You just tried to look holy. And it was pitiful. Right? Well, me and Judy did too. Okay, verse 9. I'll get the word closing. Boy, I'm glad I decided to preach today. <laughs> I don't trade it for anything. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things than you said, Rosemary. We're not thinking you're going back. Now let us go on. It's impossible for you to go back and be happy. That's what it's saying, preacher. We are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Go to that. Verse 9. I tell you, one of those things that accompany salvation is faithfulness. 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 For God is not unrighteous 
Look at this. Look at this. Some of you say, but preacher, I'm not a preacher. I can't travel like you, Miss Judy. I can't go into prison and wait a minute. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints. Now, you know, one of the things the church does is minister to the saints. That's what the church does. We're brethren. We're to look out for each other, aren't we? We're to help each other. I come out every night to come to church, and I never know what I'm driving because Brother Mickey has given it away. <laughs> Tonight there was two of them in the driveway, and Gloria come over and I said, Ask your dad which one I'm supposed to drive. I don't want to get picked up for having a stolen car. The men moved a man today, today. These teachers are helping you with your children. Randy and his wife are working hard at the office, and so is Miss Joanne. Do you see that? You can do something for the saints. You could help. The saints need help. And God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Rosemary, I always pick on you. If you can't take it, you just have to shoot at me. But Hey, Rosemary, you may not be able to go to the mission field, but you could stay right here and help the church people. And can I tell you, God ain't going to say, Rosemary, you didn't go to the mission field. You just hung around that. No, sir, he's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. That's all I do, Rosemary. I try to help churches. I try to bust heads of the ones that need their heads busted and help the other crowd to rise up and let us go on. Because he's persuaded better things of you. Come and I'll just read verse 11 and 12 and, and we'll be done. Here's the fourth thing I think you ought to mark in this chapter. And we desire, notice that, there's that we again. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you in verse 9. Now in verse 11, and we desire. Notice this that every one of you, it ain't just for some people in the church, but every one of us to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Notice this, that should be not slothful, sluggish. You know what I mean? You ain't supposed to be slothful. You're not to act sluggish. You're not to drag in every once in a while. Well, did we been to church yet this month? Maybe we better go tonight. Stop that stuff. Stop it. It's wrong. Every one of you. It ain't just that the preacher don't ever miss, but you ought never miss either. 
every one of you. Every one of you. Be not slowful, but followers of them. See, you always want to follow the wrong people, but God said followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. Oh, we were impatient when we were lost, weren't we? But God, our Heavenly Father, said that's one of the things you need to learn. And tonight, with all of my heart, I ain't mad at you. Um, I ain't. But God put on my heart today that he was persuaded better things than what he's getting. I don't know who it applies to, maybe to all of us. I already included myself in that. But I think we better stand. We better try to pray. And Miss Joanne, if you would, Heavenly Father, I did the